0: we are is yours and so we ask oh god that you would have your way in and through our hearts lord that we would stand arms high heart abandoned submissive and broken to the one who gave it all and so god i pray that that's our soul that that's the desire of our heart and if it's not lord for those who are here lord who could care less about what we're singing about i pray you make it true anyway I pray you touch their heart with your goodness. I pray that your mercy overwhelm them and your kindness renew them. So, Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts in ways that we can't possibly imagine right now. That you speak into our souls and that our eyes would be set upon the one who gave it all for a people who did not nearly deserve it. And so, Lord, we are not ignorant of those who are in this world who are, in fact, standing firm with arms high, heart abandoned, and bodies being beaten for the cause of Christ. And so, Lord, we pray that You would give them a suffering grace, that You would help them during this difficult time, Lord. We pray for the underground church in China. Lord, we pray for those who are persecuted throughout uh, those Muslim uh, countries in the 1040 window, Lord, I pray, O oh God, that by your grace, by your grace, they would not only endure, but they would thrive, that your name would be famed, and so, Lord, uh, move in a powerful way, not only in their lives, as they share the gospel with people who may be hostile towards them, but even as we, even as we look forward to share the gospel. Make it a declaration in our souls, O oh God, even if it begins with a prayer. for we do pray in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Go to hell. Go to hell. Go to hell is a curse word that you've heard used many times towards many people. We usually don't say it unless we're really furious with someone. We just want them to get away from us. But more than just a curse word, go to hell is essentially what we tell everyone that we decide we're not going to share the gospel with. We say no, no, you don't understand. Go to hell. I'm having too much fun. I'm doing my own thing. I'm in the world and I come to church on Sundays. So in essence, listen to me, please do me a favor. Go to hell. Or maybe uh, you're, you're in your job and, and, and you're in your work and it's, it's like, you know what? I don't have all the questions answered. I don't know all the ways of being able to talk to somebody about Christ. So the person in the cubicle next to us or the person who's walking alongside of us or on the assembly line or, or, or driving with us, whoever it is, we just go, you know what? See, I, I, I just, I'm too consumed with looking stupid. So just go to hell. Go to hell. It's what we tell every single person when we decide not to share the Gospel. When we say things like, well, you know what? There's there's uh, the Bible can't be right about this. We like the part where it says God is good and loving and merciful and forgiving. We like the part of the Bible where Jesus comes from heaven to earth and to die for our sins, to send the Holy Spirit to live in our souls so that he might grow and strengthen us. We love the part that God says, I'll never leave nor forsake. I'll be with you and encourage and I'll strengthen and I'll and I'll. And I'll raise you up. We love those parts of the Bible, but the parts of the Bible that says, no, there really, really, really is. We just don't desire to speak about those things. Today we're going to talk about you sharing your faith. That's it. We're going to talk about your witness. That's what the Bible calls your witness. And we're going to share it, but there's so many obstacles to overcome, isn't there? But I don't know what to say. But I don't know what to uh, uh, um, explain to people. But I don't, you know, they won't listen to me. Or I'm not really good at that. Or that's not my gift. There's all sorts of reasons. One of the strongest ones, though, I think, is that we just don't simply believe the Bible. We don't. Here's... Here's what you're going to find about um, this church. Number one is that we absolutely watch for as long as I'm your pastor and I want to be your pastor till I die. Right. But for as long as I'm your pastor, the central focus will always be Jesus. The central focus is not an individual. The central focus isn't even a gathering on a particular day. The central focus is always Jesus. And we're just always going to believe his words. We're always going to believe what he says. And In this church, because we believe what Jesus says, we really believe that not only does everyone die, everyone goes to somewhere after they die. And you go, oh, you know what? That's just so narrow minded. That's so primitive. That is, you know what that is? That's religion that man used. To control people in order so that those in authority could keep people from rebelling against governments. That's what that is. Here's the problem with that thought. The same lips that said, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Is the same lips that said, there are souls that would go to the pits of hell. Not because they were either good enough or or not good enough, but because they didn't receive the only remedy for their sin. Here's the truth, right? Now, this might be a shocker. This could be a shocker. And if you're here for the first time, by the way, if you're here for the first time, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm really super glad that you're here. You're going to hear stuff about what it means to walk in Christ, that you're going to be able to make a right decision about whether you want to come to Christ or don't. In fact, thus far in the sermon, you might go, "You know what? This is the reason I don't like Christianity, I don't like Christian. it's so narrow. Listen to me. Listen to me. Just listen. because if you're here, chances are you didn't come here for me to just share with you um, 12 ways to make new friends. You wanted to hear something from God's word that was significant and meaningful, and there's nothing more significant in your life. And in mind then all of eternity. Let me tell you something. And we'll do sermons where we'll go, hey... You know, hey, six ways to be a better friend or um, five ways to find a person who's right for you. And we'll do sermons like that because the Bible speaks about all sorts of like that, sorts of things like that. And we'll do the sermons that help you to improve at work and help your relationships at home and help you raise your children better. We're going to do those sermons. But there's no sermon that's more important than this one because those sermons will help you for a time. What we're going to speak about today is for an eternity. Go to hell are the words that I don't want you to say anymore. I don't want you to ignore the pain and the people around you. You say, no, but this is so narrow. This is un—it's unreasonable. Listen to me. If you can... Listen to me. If you can believe that there is a God, and some of you don't, and that's fine. Just keep coming. It's okay. I didn't believe at first that there was a God. In fact, when I first started to come to church, it was the last thing that was on my mind. I just... I was like, okay, I'll try. And so, um, even if you can believe that there is a God, and if you can believe that this God is holy, perfect, and pure, and that this God loves us enough to come himself, to pay for the sins that you and I deserve, it is not far to believe that this God has standards. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing about the standards. Good people go to hell. Bad people go to hell. Nominal people go to hell. Only forgiven people go to heaven. That's the difference. So you can be far better than me. Far better. In fact, I know quite a few people who are far better than me. I'm going to heaven not because I'm good. Good night. I'm not even that. I'm going to heaven because I've been forgiven much. And everyone, listen, everyone within the sound of my voice, even the person sitting in your seat, deserves hell. Every one of us have been an enemy of the King God of the universe. The world will tell you this philosophy. People are essentially good and occasionally do bad things. The Bible says people... Are essentially bad and occasionally for the wrong motives do right things that's what the Bible says it's called total depravity if you don't believe it check your own track record if you think that you're good find me your closest friend let me talk to them the fact is is that not one of us is any good. And oh man, I've just done this so many times. Aren't you guys tired of me saying this? Like, gosh, I come to the church so that I can feel better. And I, aren't you glad you're here? We're talking about hell. And so, um, what I need for you to just realize, watch this, is that you'd have, to, you'd have to live in self-deception in order to think that you're good. You know how we think we're good? We think we're good by comparing ourselves to people who are worse than us. Here's what we do. We say, I'm a good person. It's not like I've murdered anyone. We'll say something like that. You know, I've never heard anybody say, I'm a good person. Compare me to Mother Teresa. Nobody's ever told me that. I'm a good person. I'm as good as Billy Graham. Nobody's ever said that to me. You know what they compare themselves to? Axe murderers. And at that point we just go, oh my gosh, you haven't murdered how, you haven't murdered three people in the last year? Oh, that's wonderful. That's fantastic. You're doing great. But that's what you're good. But watch this. When you, compare yourself to, when you compare yourself to me, you show up pretty good. But when you compare yourself to a holy, perfect, and pure God, who is radiantly holy, my goodness, you come up short. Our jackets always, right? Does anybody have a white jacket? Anybody here have a white jacket? Anybody ever here take a picture uh, in the snow with your white jacket? Anybody notice how unwhite your jacket looks in comparison to the snow? Right, because when you compare your white jacket to the jacket, let's say for instance that I'm wearing now, it looks radiantly white. It's beautifully white. But when you compare your 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 white jacket to the beautiful, freshly fallen snow, all of a sudden it has blemishes that you never thought you saw before. So it is with your soul and mine. So it is with your life and mine. And so what we're going to be speaking about today has not consequences for a time before an eternity. And my desperate prayer is that you would be so in love with Jesus by the time this this talk is over, or this service is over, that you would be so in love with Jesus that your heart would be so enamored with the one who gave it all, that you would be so submitted to the beauty of the one who gave you the breath of life that you would never again in your life tell someone to go to hell. I've told so many people to go to hell. In my life, it hurts my heart. I'll tell you one. Uh, I was going to work at the time. And uh, I was showing up. Uh, and I, w- I would take the L train. You know how, like, when you take the uh, one train, you know exactly where the door is going to open up. You're like, you know, when you take a train over and over. Some of you have your commute like that. You know exactly where the train is going to arrive. So I'm, I'm walking past this this woman. And she's, like, really sobbing. You know, like, I, I don't... I don't Ever see many? Not ever, but I don't. I very rarely see um, people publicly weeping. Have you? I mean, have you seen that a lot? I don't see that a lot, um, unless you're in a place like a, a funeral or or you know things like that, or a wedding, right? For different reasons, people cry for different reasons, but you know. Uh, but in public settings, you don't see that. This woman was sobbing, so I walked past her, and I could sense the spirit of God—not in an audible voice, but a definite impression. Spirit of God said, "Hey." Tell her about me. And so I, I walked past her. And, um, and you know, because I'm so spiritual, I just said, no. Um, and so um, I said, I, and I do this. Do you ever do this? You, you, you give God conditions. Do you ever give God conditions on, um, on, on something he's asking you to do? Okay, well, God, if you do this, then I'll do it, right? And so what I said is, okay, God, if she comes into my cart, you know, the, 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 you know how trains have carts. If she comes into my cart, I'll, I'll speak to her. About Jesus. And so I position myself exactly where I know I'll be in a different cart from her, right? And so I stand there. I know exactly where the train's going to end. I've been doing this for a long time. So the door's open, and it's just like I thought it was. She goes into the other cart. I go into my cart, and I go, see? See? And then I'm standing there, and it's like, you know, it's a long train uh, thing, and this is back when you can do it, uh, you can't do this now much. Um, walk in between cars. You know, remember when somebody opens the door in between cars, everybody turns, right? And guess who it was? It's my weeping girl there. I was like, no way. I said, okay, alright. So, alright, I'll talk to her about you. And, and I, what I did was, I, I forgot to say this part. I sat next to a really, really take-up-three-spaces kind of large guy, right? You know, take up three seats on the, on the thing. So I, sat next to him, and so I sat next to him, and I thought that was safe. I was like, okay, well, God, if you really want me to talk to her, have her sit next to me. Now, there's no way she's going to be able to sit next to me, right? And so, uh, you know, because he's taking up most of the spaces. There's a half a seat in between us, right? There's a half a seat in between the guy and me. So I sit there, and what happens? At the very next stop, the guy gets off. And there's three seats... And she sits on my leg practically. She sits right next to me. And she's still sobbing. And she's still crying. You know how spiritual I am, right? I let her get up, stand by the door, walk out the door. I've never seen her again. I've always been hurt about that. Because I realized that I was more concerned with how I would look to a stranger than the soul of an individual. And my desire is if you're like me, if you're a scaredy cat, if you go, but I don't have that gift. I go, me too. But I go, but if you go, but, but I'm not good at that stuff. Me neither. But you go, but I, I don't know what to say. Join the club. My prayer is that you would look like a fool for Christ's sake. My prayer is that you would look stupid for Christ's sake. For Christ's sake, look like a person who doesn't have all the questions answered. For Christ's sake, look like a person who has no idea what they're talking about. That's my prayer for you, that for Christ's sake, you would. Today, we're going to spend our time in the oddest of passages when we're talking about um, sharing our uh, faith. It's in Psalm 67. It's so radically good, I just didn't know what to do with it. It was just... It was awesome. So if you have your Bibles, you're going to turn to Psalm 67. Um, And it's just a wonderful praise and then prayer. And you're going to see um, it's a prayer for blessing and it's a praise to the king of the universe. And it's just amazing. I want you to track along uh, with it. So uh, what I'm going to ask you to do is stand. We're going to read this together on the count of three. Okay. One, two, three. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face shine on us, that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise You, O God. May all the peoples praise You. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for You rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise You, O God. May all the peoples praise You. Then the land will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us. And all the ends of the earth will fear Him. May God bless the hearing and the reading of His Word. Please have a seat. It's an amazing verse. It's an amazing chapter. Speaking of the greatness of God. Now, here's the thing. Listen to this first uh, uh, verse. In Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us. How many people like that part of the prayer? Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. God, God, help me with the test. God, would you bless me? by helping me with the test. God, would you bless me by helping my company uh, break off into a franchise of companies that just makes lots and lots of money. God, would you help me to get the promotion so I could make more money? God, would you bless our relationship so that we could walk joyfully, hand in hand, throughout life? God, would you bless my children so that they might grow up healthy and strong and fearing and loving you? God, would you bless my health so that i might. I be able to uh, uh, have strength and energy as I go throughout the day. Everybody loves that part of the prayer. But I want you to know that the psalmist prays that prayer with purpose. He says, God, now watch this, look at me. God, may you bless us and be gracious to us. He says, so that we could be balling. That's not what he says, right? God, let me, let me get this girl so that every guy will be envious of me. God, let me get this money because I really want those rims. God, let me have this fun because, you know, I'm only going to be 16 once. God, let me get the promotion because I have authority control issues. I don't want anybody to boss me around. God, would you... Because I want to ball. I want to be balling. That's why. That's not at all what God says. That's not at all what His Word says. Let's look at His Word together. Let's read this together, this one verse. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face shine upon us that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. God, bless me, give me, help me, empower me, enable me, strengthen me for them. God, do a great work in me for her. God, move in my family in such a way that other families would come to us and be blessed. God, work in my marriage to the degree that other broken marriages get attracted so that they might be blessed and they, that we can maybe, you know, uh, sort of give them a, a learning curve so that they don't have to go through 10 years of suffering like we did, but maybe they can only go through one or two. God, give me finances. Not so I could buy the biggest rims. Not so I could get the fastest car. Not so I could have the nicest house. Although there's nothing wrong with any of those things. If God gives that to you, go ahead. Go ahead. But that's not the purpose. The purpose is so that your name would be... So that the nations would come up to you and see you get this promotion and say, your God is very great Indeed, so that the peoples would see your marriage and say, "Your God is very great indeed." So that the so that the students could see your life and say, "Your God is very great indeed." God bless me, so that if you live your life without the so that you live an empty life. And listen, listen. listen. Come closer. We're all going to die. I've been around more deathbeds than I like to talk about. Listen to me. It's those that lived exclusively for themselves are those that are most devastated during those last few hours. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm trying to help you out here. In the end, in the end, it's not about your career, for your career. It's a, these are so that, so that, so that, so that. Live for the so that. So that the nations would know You and salvation among them. That Your ways would be known on earth. That means Your laws, Your decrees. That people would see. Watch this. That my... And I have friends like this, right, who it's just a regular part of their lives to go outside their relationship. It's just a regular part of their lives. It's, I'm married, and I got, this is the way they were raised. This is the culture that they grew up with. I'm married, and I got a girlfriend. It's just the way they were raised. It's a regular part of their lives. for me to talk, to, and, and watch this, and that, that those very people, as I love them, and, and tell them, man, this is, you're going in the wrong direction. I love you enough to tell you that you're going in the wrong direction. But be there for them, love them, that when when the stuff hits the fan, they would go, oh wait, I need to know God's laws because I'm hurting myself and I'm hurting my family. So that my, the way I raise my children, other people would see that and say, you know what, I'm, uh, we're giving our kids everything that they want and now they're becoming more spoiled and it's having the negative effect that we, we you know we wanted to sort of buy their affections. Nobody ever says it that way, but that's what they're doing. We wanted to buy their affections. We don't want them to be displeased with us. And so, but we see that this is going, oh, wait, I want to know God's ways because your kids aren't like that. You see, see, it's for the sake of the earth. It's for the sake of the nations. It's so that we can go to a world that everyone in it is saying, go to hell, and we can say, go to heaven. God, I want to so see you as glorious and wonderful. I want to seek you. I want to honor you. I want to be grateful to you to the degree that you can't stop me from speaking about Jesus. I love this. May the peoples praise you. Third verse. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations on the earth. Now, you don't see it up here, um, but after the word earth, there's a musical term. It's called Selah. And it's a musical pause. You have to understand, the Psalms were written to be sung. Um, And so, that's why in the very beginning of Psalms, when you read it, it says, For the director of music, you know, that's actually in the text. That's scripture. That's not. That wasn't added by an editor uh, a few years later. That was actual. That's that's what they intended it to be. It's a song. And so uh, the they would say they would sing this to people, and they people would be singing how good God is, and they would get to this part, and it would be Selah. And and it basically, was, you think about that. Isn't this true? You, you ponder. So let's do that. Let's go back to verse 3 and 4 and let's hear it again. Let's pause for a second. May the peoples praise you. You mean the peoples like the nations? Like the person you buy your coffee and bagel from? Like the person you buy your newspaper from? Like the people that you work with? Like the people in your family? Like your kids, that you have this crazy idea that you're going to let them grow to be 18 before they make a decision about Jesus. Can I tell you that that is, that's such a regrettable thing for you to do. I I, I mean, I want to use stronger words, but I just, I I want you to know, it's so regrettable. You're going to regret that. And you go, oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to shove religion down my kids' throats. I'm not going to tell my kids... They're your kids. Do you not believe the word of God? Do you not believe in heaven? Imagine saying that about math. No, 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 no. I'm not going to force logic or math down my kids' throats. I'll wait till they're 18 and see if they want to go to math class. Could you imagine saying that about reading? No, 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 no. I don't want to be like an ogre in my kid's life. I'm going to wait till they're 18 before they can decide whether they want to read and write, you know, because I'm open minded like that. How bizarre is that? And watch this. If your kids went through life without math and without reading and without writing, but they knew Jesus, they'd be far better off than having all three of those and not knowing Jesus. Because in the end, eternity is a long, long time. And it's coming for all of us. But this psalm says, may the peoples praise you. May my kids, may the people that I buy uh, furniture from. May the people that I ride in planes with, may the people that I meet at my job, may the people that I see at my meetings, may the people that I work with, may, the, may they praise you. May all the peoples praise you. All the nations praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the people justly. God is just and good. And guide the nations of the earth. Let's think. Selah. Let's think about that. Then, verse five repeats verse three. Isn't that interesting? Now, you and I, you and I think that this is a really big book. Isn't that true? Right? You go, oh my gosh, the Bible is like so intimidating because it's so big and all that other stuff. I can't read through it all. And like we, some of you are doing that. Is anybody still doing the scripture reading challenge? I love that. I love that. Yeah, you guys are you're, you're, you're plowing your way through. And he said, wow, this is a big book and all that other stuff. So think about this. This is not a big, I, w- I would argue that this is not a big book at all. I would argue that all the things, could you imagine if God decided to put um, like biology in here about how you were made? Or, you know, I- imagine if God decided to write everything that there is to know about the periodic table. Just like a subject. Imagine if God decided to write everything there is to know about a peanut. In here, it just it, this is a, its an enormously edited small book. God decided what He was going to say before the foundations of the earth. So then, why would God waste precious real estate to repeat a verse? Here's why: because He really wants you to get this point. He really wants you to get this point. Here it is again. May the peoples praise You, O God. May all the peoples praise You. In other words, may Recovery House of Worship be known as worshipers. May the Recovery House of Worship be known as people who praise the living God because He's glorious. May the Recovery House of Worship be so consumed with the glory and the praise of an almighty God that they just can't shut up. About the one who gave it all. Oh. Then the land will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will bless us. I love that. Then the land will yield its harvest. Now you gotta understand, it's an agricultural society, right? So, you, you know, you, you and I talk blessing, you might think car, you might think clothes, you might think money, you might think all this other stuff. They're thinking we need the crops to grow. Right. We need wheat. We need barley. We need uh, uh, what is it called? Grapes. We need um, we need all that stuff. Right. We need our fruits and our vegetables and all that stuff to grow. That's what blessing looks upon us. That, that's what blessing will look on us. And they say, then the land will yield its harvest. Then the land will yield its harvest. At that point, in some places, it says the land is harvested. In other words, it's all, blessing has already happened. I don't know if it's blessing will happen or blessing has already happened. I believe at least for the people sitting here, it's both. It's really both. There's blessing. Come on, man. Is, is there one person here who's been blessed by God more than they deserved? Is there one person here who's gotten far more mercy than they deserve? Is there one person here who's received love that was not merited. Oh my. It says, but now there's also the blessing of the future. The blessings that he will bring and whatever they are, sometimes his blessings are wrapped in bow ties called pain. But they're blessings still. May all the may the land yield its harvest and God, I love this part. Our God, Me Dios. God, my God. Right? It's not just God in the air. It's not just God in the sky. It's not just God far away who'll tolerate me. It's God. My God. Huggy, kissy, close. God. With me and for me and will work through me. God. Weeping with me during this difficult time and holding my arms up. God. God. God, who knows me better than I know myself. God, who knows the answer before I ask the question. God, my God. He'll bless us. God will bless us because it's not enough to just say it once. God will bless us and all the ends of the earth will be in awe or fear Him. will be in awe of this amazing God. So, what are you going to do? Here's my suggestion to you. My suggestion is that you get your eyes off of yourself. You are far too small a reason to live for. My prayer is that you would get your eyes on the king of the universe who's given you their faculties. It just, You know what it is? Some of us actually think that the blessings that have happened in our lives have happened because of us. It's crazy. Some of us, some of us used for decades, used drugs for decades, and we're like, oh man, look at me. Oh my gosh, I did such a great job. Breaking your arms, patting yourselves on the back, you have no idea. When you did it your way, you could not possibly stay clean. It was impossible for you. You don't believe me? Just check your past. And then there's a bunch of you who have never touched a drug in your life and you were given good family. You were given a a fair opportunity to grow. There's a bunch of you who were just like, you know, like a really, you know, had the opportunity to, to not become addicted or fall into really crazy sin that sometimes you hear some of us talking about. And you think that was just man, wasn't that lucky? Wasn't that lucky just being born into that family? Wasn't it lucky having that temperament? Wasn't it lucky that you had that fear or that God gave you that friend who went outside the uh, went outside the margins and then really destroyed their lives? And you got to see that firsthand and it was such a trauma to you that you decided you weren't going to go in that direction. Isn't that just lucky? We just don't appreciate the blessings that God has given us. So my charge to you, before you tell anybody about Jesus, is that you just just be marveled at Jesus. And he's not hard to marvel at. He's not hard to marvel at. You know, um, I, I, I went on a trip to California. And um, I was less than two feet away from Stevie Wonder. Um, while entering, he's gained a lot of weight. Okay, so I was less than right, right. Let me tell you what happened when I got right. Now watch this. I was two feet away from Stevie Wonder, right? He was listening to his headphones. I was like, "No, he's blind. Get it?" Okay, no, okay. So that was a bad joke. Okay, so I didn't do that, and that was bad. And the the people who hear this on audio are not going to get that joke because they're not going to see the wave. Okay, so um. All right, so no, so Stevie Wonder's right there, and I'm trying to play it kind of cool, right? Because it's Stevie Wonder, and he's one of my heroes, and I grew up listening to him. I'm a big, big huge dude. My kids love to listen to um, Stevie Wonder's music because I love them so much and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so Stevie Wonder's there, and he's there, and he's got his headphones on, so, you know, so I'm not, try- I'm trying to play it cool. I made it to my seat, and then I said, I got to take a picture of him, but they don't let you back into first class after you get into the poor class, right? So, and then, so, um, so so they wouldn't let me in and they were like serious about not letting anybody else in and so I would have been happy just taking a picture of the back of his dreadlocks honestly I would, but they wouldn't let me even do that and so uh, so I did you know what I did I told a thousand of my friends a thousand like a 1300 of my friends I went on Facebook before I didn't even care if it was illegal I had to I was like I'm on a plane with Stevie One the plane is like tracking off shut off your phones in a minute okay <laughs> Stevie Wonder's on this plane, okay? And so I just, and I, and I, you know, I tweeted it. I Facebooked it. I'm on a plane with Stevie Wonder. You know why? Because I'm amazed by Stevie Wonder. And the law couldn't stop me from talking about it. being on a plane with a person who's never said hello to me. Like if his picture would have been on the chair, it would have been as, 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 as significant an encounter. Like if it was his picture, yeah, right, right, right. Like, you know, so it's like, it's like, wait. So why do I feel like Jesus is hum, ho, hum and hum drum? See, because I love Stevie Wonder, it was easy for me to tell 1,400 of my friends, tweet about it and share about it and talk to uh, Raymond, who was sitting next to me. And I was like, oh, my God, isn't that the coolest thing in the world? Wow, we're on a plane with Stevie Wonder. And I told, I went, watch this, I went on a trip, shared the gospel with Tons of people spoke five times, did a retreat, saw people come to Christ. All my kids remember about the trip is that I was on a plane with Stevie Wonder. Right? That's all they remember. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Listen to me. This is a deep theological thought that I'm going to tell you right now. Come close. Jesus is better than Stevie Wonder. And he sat closer to me on the plane than he did Tweet, Facebook, tell everyone. How could you be quiet about the king of the universe who should have given you wrath but gave you mercy instead? How could you be quiet about the one who took you out of the dirt and the muck and the mire and gave you a spotless white coat to wear that on the day that you would see Jesus, you would be spotless and perfect, full of his grace and mercy and truth? How could you be quiet about the one who took you from degradation, to in his presence how could you be quiet about the person who's taking you from heaven to, from earth to heaven and giving you an eternity with him how can you be quiet about the one who will wipe away every tear from every eye? How can you be quiet about the one who will give you the new body that you always wanted after this body expires? How can you be quiet about the one who's given you a new life and a new eternity and new strength? How can you be quiet about the one who gives you a new a new beginning to such a degree that he calls the new beginning being born Again, How could you be quiet about the one who would come from heaven to earth and live the life that you should have lived but did not and die the death that you deserve to die but don't have to? How could you be quiet about the one who would say, I love you this much and stretch his arms out and die? How could you be quiet about the one who rose from the grave and ascended to the Father and promised that you would too? How could you be quiet about the one whose creation creating a place for you in heaven. A mansion, in fact. That's the only word he can use to describe the place that he's creating for you in heaven. How could you be quiet about him? Don't be quiet about him. So, here's how we share our faith. You ready how are you going to share your faith? I'm going to teach you how to share your faith, okay? It's going to take less than three minutes, okay? Are you ready? Or, or do you want to take a nap? Okay? Okay, okay, so here we go. The problem is, The problem is is that when we share our faith, we do too much of this. Hear ye, hear ye. Everyone, listen to me. God is great and all the earth that's in it needs to praise His name. And those are fine and that's cool. There are people who can do that really well and I think I need you to do that. That's cool. You can do that if that's your gifting. But let me tell you what's real and true. What's true is that God takes your quirkiness. You know the kind of quirkiness that only your mother likes? Yeah, yeah. God takes your quirkiness, and he takes your painful experiences, and he takes the suffering, and he takes the death of that loved one that you thought you'd never survive that death. And then he takes that broken relationship that you thought you would die if he ever left or if she ever left. He takes your illness, you know, the one that you just go, God, take this from me, take this from me. That's your only prayer. Take this from me, take this from me, take this from me. God takes all of that. And he mixes it together and it comes out and it comes and it says, and that's your opportunity to share the gospel. He takes all of your experience and he takes all of your, and so you know what that, you know what that drop represents? That drop represents that moment that you're in the library with that person and they just ask you some, or maybe they start crying themselves. And you just start talking to them about the hope that you have because you remembered when you cried tears. That drop is the life that you get to share with someone. Maybe who's at your job, who you know is going in a direction that's going to hurt them deeply. That drop is the drop that you get to share with your family. They go, they don't want to hear it but they know your story. And he goes, listen, you get to be a witness. I don't have all the answers to all the questions. In fact, I don't even know all the questions, but I do have this. I was once blind, but now I see. I was once lost, but now I'm found. That's, that's what you have. Now, there's a million tools that I can give you on how to do this, right? And I'm going to just watch this. There's a thing called um, Gospel by Colors, and what it does is it essentially tells you how to share the gospel in colors. And so black, and you can't see it up there, but you could find it anywhere. If you want to make, you know, just go gospel by colors and you'll find it on the Internet. And black represents our sin and that's what we're born in. Red represents Jesus' blood. Blue represents our uh, Jesus' blood who um, died on the cross for our sins. Blue represents our faith in Christ. White represents how Jesus washes us as white as snow. Green represents growing in Christ, reading our Bibles and doing all that other stuff. And yellow represents the heaven that we have to look forward. Two. So watch this. You can actually make a, a five-minute presentation to somebody and give them the whole gospel. And, or if that's too much for you, you can do the four spiritual laws. And the four spiritual laws are uh, basically God loves, um, um, loves you and offers you a wonderful plan. Offers. Offers. Uh, a wonderful plan for your life. Um, and then you're sinful. And uh, Jesus Christ is merciful so he provided the provision for your sin. And then You have to receive Christ and grow in him, right? Then there's evangelism explosion. Evangelism explosion. This was years ago, right? And it would ask, hey, you know, it would have the two questions. But one of the questions were, hey, if you died today, do you know where you would be going for sure? Like, do you know that you would be going to heaven for sure? What a powerful question, right? Or maybe Romans Road the Romans road anybody you might not have heard of that right and and what it is is this scripture and again you go oh i want to learn about all of these just write them down as i'm giving you the title of them Romans road and and it literally takes you through um, the book of Romans and it starts that all of us are are uh, rebellious against god and none of us deserve heaven and that we're all sinners but god is merciful and it kind of grows us from there it takes us from there and or my story, which is the one that I'm trying to tell you to, to share, that I, don't want you to be a I want you to be a megaphone. I want you to be a funnel. That God uses your brokenness and your addictions and your weakness and then just, just uses your life as you worship him. Now, if, for those of you, if you have a smartphone, right? If, if your phone is smarter than you are, raise your hand. You have a smartphone, right? Okay. All right. Some of us have a smartphone. Okay, right. Okay, now watch this. Now, whether you're an Android... Or you uh, or an Apple, right? Whether you're an Android or an Apple, I think BlackBerry has this has this as well. No, no, BlackBerry doesn't have. It. Okay, okay, it is a smartphone. Maybe the new Blackberries have it. I don't know. Um, but there's this thing called God Tools. God Tools. G O D, uh, space T O O L S. God Tools, and um, God Tools. You literally, I led, I led the girl. At um, what's the phone carrier? C-Mobile. No, no, not T-Mobile. What's the other? Metro PCS? I was with my daughter, and I led that girl to Christ while she was setting up uh, the thing. And it wasn't all that day. I had to follow up, and I had to make an effort to go see her, and all that other stuff. Um, but I, I, I did. I led her with this thing called God Tools. I just said, hey, and I just we went through the four spiritual laws. It was real simple. Now, here's my point. All of that is wonderful. And it's fantastic. And it'll help you grow. But if you, listen to me, it's all forced if you don't start where we started. Seeing Jesus is great. He's better than Stevie Wonder. He's better. He's better. And letting him use the brokenness of your life, your desires, your longings, your wants, your pains, your sufferings, your successes, your victories, your losses, using all of that so I'm going to close as the team comes up. There was a, I got to tell you this story. Some of you know her. Um, she, she serves in this church. Her name is Louisa. I love this. I really love this. Louisa, um, Louisa uh, got saved. She didn't grow up in a household where um, Christ was exalted. Um, she grew up in a household where religion kind of reigned. You know what I mean you went on Easter, you went on Christmas, certain holidays, you know uh, baptisms and weddings and funerals and things like that but it wasn't a, it wasn't a god glorifying christ exalting home and so um, she uh, she got miraculously saved and she started to come to eventually she started to come to uh, our church and then she came she couldn't hold this good news in she was so blown away that Jesus could Love her. And so she told her friend, her friend Valerie. Valerie, uh, um, this is a part that I didn't tell you. Luisa was uh, part of a cult called, um, oh, I just forgot it. Santeria. Thank you. Some of you know the story. Um, So um, Luisa Santeria was involved uh, with Santeria, and it's sort of this sort of Afro-Cuban, um, mix of Catholicism and voodoo. It's just kind of uh, an amalgam or a mixture of the two. And uh, Valerie wanted nothing to do with Jesus. Valerie was not trying to hear it. In fact, Valerie viewed Louisa as a traitor of their religion. Um, but a few months later, Valerie contracted cancer. And as she was losing, now watch this. Did Louisa know that? No. Did did Valerie know that she would eventually catch, uh, uh, did did Valerie know she would get cancer? No. But here's what God knew. And God wanted her to have this seed in her soul that could germinate and grow. Well, she got cancer and as she was losing her hair, um, she became open to the idea of Jesus and so uh, we, we, we got her up on a retreat and it was about 20 or 30 women. And they went on a retreat and Valerie decided to give her heart to Christ. She came back and, I, uh, and she, I think, shared with Ileana all that God was doing inside of her. You know why? Because she couldn't stay shut. It was better than Stevie Wonder on a 747. She couldn't stay quiet. God was so good. She Listen, because when you have cancer and you're losing your hair and you're going to die, it's nice to know that there's a place you're going to go to. And so she was just so that if I, if I don't get healed, I get, to, I get a new body to be in heaven with Jesus and go on to glory. And if I do get healed, I have more time to live this life out for the glory of God in celebration of Jesus. And so she couldn't keep it to herself, and she was just like, oh, and she wouldn't use words like this, but in essence, this psalm is what flowed out of her. Let the nations be glad because you blessed me. And so she shared it with Ileana, who would later become James' wife. He was, She was dating James at the time. Now, Valerie was about to get baptized, and she snookered Edward, Edward, who wanted nothing, was a boyfriend at the time, wanted nothing to do with Christ. So she would invite him, and in, he didn't want to come and all that other stuff. So what she did was she snookered him. She said, I'm going to get baptized. I just want you to videotape the baptism. And so he came, and he was, it was a, where we were at. It was, a, it was a, a balcony, and he was looking down on the balcony. And can you believe that God could save through a 3.5 inch screen? God could do it. And he did. In the middle of that recording, it ends. Because Edward saw Jesus. And he was glorious. And he said, I can't live without him. And he's just wonderful. And he couldn't be stopped. He played on the congas. He taught uh, children's classes. He... Um, you know, showed up, he, he, he helped um, to lead his brother to the Lord, who's now the pastor, James Acevedo, who's now the pastor of uh, Staten Island House of Worship. Isn't that good? Right? Listen, listen, listen. Edward uh, wanted to take his family out of Brooklyn because he lived in a pretty bad neighborhood and he couldn't afford to live in a better neighborhood. So he moved to Pennsylvania. He, listen to me. He moved to Pennsylvania, got a great job, served in a great church, got cancer, and died. Serving Jesus, having a small group in his home. And, uh, some time ago, maybe two, three years ago, we had Edward when he first got diagnosed And he shared, he couldn't come, he was frail. But he talked on the phone and we asked him questions about walking in faith with God, even in the midst of suffering. It was during one of our suffering series. And he shared about how God was with him. And he can't stop talking. And how wonderful Jesus is. Because Jesus is great and glorious. And Edward, uh, he had this verse. It was just tremendous. It was Psalm 118. I'll just read you verse 17. I will not die Instead, I will live to tell what the Lord has done. And on a day about a year ago, that psalm was fulfilled in Edward. Because while he passed from this earth, he did not die. Because the Bible says to be absent of the body is to be present with the Lord. And so Edward came to glory, knowing, loving, desiring that Jesus would be lifted high. Now, Edward had lived his life to such a degree because he just loved Jesus. Jesus was so wonderful, so beautiful. He couldn't get enough of him. He couldn't stop. He went to a... Man, he would go... So they did an altar call at his funeral. Like half his family came to Christ. His Muslim barber, who he shared Jesus with, went to his funeral. Said there was something different about him. Just wanted to pay respects. Edward was winning people to Jesus after he died. The guy was so thoroughly converted and completely transformed that he wanted to get right with God, and um, there was some warrants out for his arrest, and he turned himself in because he wanted to live for Jesus. Now, did anybody know all those years ago that Edward would die in his mid-30s, attract cancer? Did anybody know that? Not at all. Listen to, me. listen to me. Jesus knew. And if one girl, listen to me, this is where this, this story, if one girl would have just said, you know what, I'm not gonna tell Valerie. She's my best friend. I'm not gonna tell her. I'm gonna keep it to myself because I don't want to look bad. Or, or, religion is a private matter. And, 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 I don't speak religion. That's not the way I was raised. You don't talk about tax, taxes, uh, 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 death, and you don't talk about religion. Listen to me. God knew. And so she opened her mouth, who opened another girl's mouth, who opened another person's mouth, who opened Edward's eyes. And you just see, that's what that's at stake here, folks. So this week, we're going to take communion in a second. But this week, I want you to beg Jesus, help me to love you so much that I can't stay quiet. I don't even want you to pray God give me an opportunity. God make me so crazy in love with you. Make me crazier in love with you than a girl who just received her engagement ring. Have you ever seen a woman who just received an engagement ring? Have you? Right? Especially if she's been dating the guy for a long time. She goes like this. You gonna know, go, hey, what do you think about this? And she goes, I don't know. Let me think about it. Right? Because she wants to show off her ring. Hmm. You know, it's like, is that an engagement? Yeah, she can't stop talking about it. Listen to me God, let me be so in love with Jesus that I can't stop mentioning your name.